0: Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
1: Welcome to my good bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better, i medicated. Me, I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is. But I figured out a long time ago that being alive is beautiful. Anything we do now is being recorded and it's public and live, just
0: so you know. Okay, thanks. How are you? to be normal now I know. good man you know fucking get more to this quarantine life but uh unfortunately contrary to what seems to be a, a mainstream perspective now that doesn't mean that the danger is past
1: wait do you think that's a mainstream perspective now that like there's no danger
0: no i don't think it's well, yeah, I mean, I think that people are just tired of doing this. And so as a result of being tired of it, they're just deciding that they're not going to anymore.
1: Yeah, that's, are, I mean, you're also in, you're also in like Nevada, right? Oh, yes? That's okay. Oh, yeah, tweeting the URL. I mean, we don't, today's going to be so loosey-goosey. I mean, I'm already on. If you want to watch it, um... I don't know what... I mean, it's just YouTube.com slash Sleeper. It's probably... Probably there's a thing that says live now or something like that. But, it, yeah, if anybody wants to ask questions, have them come ask questions in the chat. Because um, we're just hanging out today. I just feel like on that note, you know, we'll get into what you were just talking about. Because Allie was talking about that, too. Um, Like... Yeah, I don't know. I, I Things are get This quarantine is... um Definitely people are going crazy and... Just want to be done with it. I feel like just so behind. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I've been doing a lot. Like I've been doing a lot of like little projects and things like that. But like, yeah. for instance, like I I don't know what I got up this morning to do. Uh, I did some like post things I had to do or whatever. But like, I got up to. I still haven't put up good bad brains for like the last three. I did this like live stream on Friday. That was kind of a big project and that took a lot of work and that mixed with like other regular work and things like that. You're just like the stack of things. Sometimes it just like it fills up right it fills up with like all these things <laughs> yeah. that you i should have done or should be done and oh good morning rogue hello um and uh and then and then instead of doing those things i like spent yesterday whittling a spoon <laughs> yeah.
0: i saw it recently on uh, S- smoky mountain knife works tried to sell me a spoon whittling kit comes with oh. a Band-Aid
1: well that's you're gonna need more than one of those my hands yeah. are like a, i don't even know you can tell but like it's just like that's a ripped callus uh yeah. under the skin there that my my thumbs are just straight Ooh. up um I'm,
0: what's that thumb callus from? blisters
1: this one yeah whittling baby this is just a blister. It's not even a callus. It's like a blister. Uh let's see. There's a there's one cut.
0: Yeah, that's how all calluses start, you know? It's
1: so fun. Yeah, it's so fun. I, I I it's it's uh I don't know. I feel like in a weird way, because I don't know if it's because I'm a I am i do not know. Like the fact that we were stuck in the house made me go like, I'm going I'm gonna just do things. And and it's I don't know. Anytime in my life I was like I have this project idea. It's going to be like this. Every every week and every day we're going to do this. I kind of like fail at it or just don't sustain it. It just sounds like a good idea, you know, uh, but I never really follow through. Like even good bad brains kind of like that. Like good bad brains something that like falls on and off and it's like, you know, whatever. And then uh, yeah. and then we on quarantine and I would started this quarantine calisthenics thing. And now I'm like 60 something days into doing that like every day and it's a very ADD thing I feel like because it was it's, it was a very like I, I could just, I just click go live it doesn't really take preparation it's a workout it's things I would do anyway I do do sure. like a little planning here and there in the week of like programming but my point is like I guess like anytime I've like laid plans they always fucking don't really work out but if it turns into this sort of impulsive like spur of the moment like act I don't know it's like uh it's like uh, they say if there's like a even a small fence people are much more likely to like climb over, even though they could climb the fence. It's just like, ah, there's a fence to climb. I'm not going to go over the fence. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like tiny barriers to entry. And I've always actually associated this as like, I'm not trying to shoehorn this. Like if there was like a form I had to fill out online, that would stop me from like ever doing something that I had to do. Cause I'd be like, it's going to be so tedious. I don't know how it's, I'm so bad at forms.
0: I mean, yeah, there's, there's evidence to show that's the case. I mean, there was, uh, a, a site that went up on Reddit the other day that was like, uh, it was a tool that allowed you to track senators' stock trades. Yeah. And of course, like the servers were overwhelmed within, you know, 10 minutes of it being posted. So they just said, you know, the information's free. You're you're welcome to like look at it, but our servers are overwhelmed. So you have to make an account, a free account, if you want to get on and look at it. Otherwise, you know, check back in a couple of weeks when things right. have come. And of course nobody fucking makes an account. So, right. you know. That's what totally it is. Yeah. <laughs> i was like oh fuck that i'll just try back in a couple weeks
1: yeah but it's weird so now it's like things that are like dreams i have like big projects which actually i'm psyched we did the karate city thing because it felt like it, it was a little bit of like going back to big projects that take time and years to like put together but like uh never happen but i keep getting so much done like every like i keep like I'm doing all these quarantine calisthenics every day and I'm showing up for that. And I've been doing, I've been much more productive in like day-to-day work, like getting edits done for ologies or things like that. Uh, But it's like, I don't know, it's very hard to readjust and not just do things that are in the moment. And I don't know what that's about, but the whittling is kind of that. Like yesterday, I just felt like, I don't know, it was the morning. I started or whittling, I think, after we did quarantine calisthenics. So, technically, it was the afternoon, but it still feels like early to me. And then I just, it was the evening. And I was like, that's what I did today. <laughs> you know, I was, and I, and I, in that moment, I'm always like, no, you have to, I don't know. I, I I always tell myself like it's just a, it's a bit of like a getting in <laughs> organic, actual rhythm, listening to your body that I'm allowed to just go like, no, your body's saying you need to, you need to chill. Like it's saying just do this. Don't, I don't know. My, my friend had this one, um, thing that they use, uh, about for like, uh, completing work where they know that their work rhythm is that they're going to fuck around for like a day or two. Like if they know something's due, a writing they have to do is in a week, they just know that they're not going to get to it. So they commit to, they commit to the first day or two being like fuck around time. And that like what really like, makes us feel bad and anxious is when you're like, I should be working, but I'm not. And then you still don't. And da, da, and that if you just like say, no, no, okay, this is my rhythm. I'm going to commit to this is not work. I just chill first. That's how I like to do it. I like to have dessert first. And then I work. Then you like can compartmentalize much better and then you actually experience like rest. You actually experience. Like,
0: yeah. You know yeah. I mean, it's like with many things, you know, the kind of secondary emotion of worrying about the primary emotion You know, focusing on secondary emotion almost never leads to satisfaction or, um, you know, towards the issue being resolved because it's not actually the issue. You know, it's like skiing on the top of the issue. And if you focus on that, you never get to the underlying issue.
1: I also think that's like a, a part of a bigger, weird, just like difficulty of being a person where you come very focused on the reactions or the feelings that you're supposed to have instead of just encountering like what you do and then becoming obsessed with like, is it normal? You know, like, am I responding appropriately? Is it normal for me to feel this way or that way? Especially in this whole big weird coronavirus thing still, you know? Yeah. Where you're like, how am I supposed to feel with this weird thing? I don't know. It's like the, I, the the whole thing, the the idea that people are going to like go back to normal or try to is very strange. It's very strange that we're having like a nine eleven day. And it's like, you know what I mean?
0: Man. Yeah, there's some just dark takes on it too, you know? What do you mean? Well, I think it's, you know, like pressure and stress does. It often exposes people's kind of like baseline orientations towards things. And we're seeing it, you know?
1: This sort of like black pill aspect of it? Like the people who I, are I don't just know that metaphor. like black pill is like you know like red pill is like take the blue pill take the red pill black pill yeah. is like death cult black pill is just like we're all shit I'm shit who cares let's fucking you
0: know. I, I don't think it's different than that it's it's just like people's the veneer of like you know adjacent to what you were saying before the veneer of people responding the way they feel they should has just like worn off and you just are seeing people's kind of true colors, I guess. Um, Yeah. It's sort of a mix of seeing true colors and like people defaulting to their lowest level of training, you know, where like you're just seeing, you know, people, you're just seeing people say things like, well, okay. So to, to return to the kind of, you know, Corona issues, there's the full psychotomy that we either have to stay home and quarantine just, and not do anything or reopen everything. And like you know, those have become just the kind of unsubtle, inaccurate polls. Right. And on this side, you have like pussy ass liberals who just want to stay home. And on this side, you have manly Republicans who want to go back to work. And of course that's all just nonsense. Like there is a playbook to reopen. I mean, there are things we have to do. There's a sensible way to do it. Um, but I think on on the right extreme, you have people just saying things like, well, people are, you know, people are just going to die and that's it. As if, like, that's not something, that's not an important consideration that we should be focusing time and attention on. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I mean by people's true views being exposed, you know.
1: Just that they just don't care.
0: Yeah, I think, oh, it's hard to care about people in the abstract. I mean, we know that, like, you know people who say terrible things when they're confronted with someone in pain right in front of them often are better than we would expect, you know? Um, But it's, it's just hard. We're not kind of set up to care about things that we're not immediately confronted with. So the abstract notion of someone you don't know being sick or dying far away is just something difficult for a lot of people to viscerally care about. Right.
1: Why, why do you think it's so easy? Well, I don't know if easy is the right word because like, um, I would say almost like some people with like anxiety. I mean, I feel like abstract notions of other people's suffering sometimes are like too present.
0: Well, I mean, you know, empathy is a trait that's on a normal curve, you know. So I think there are some people who are just going to be a little bit farther uh, to the right and just have more sort of innate empathy. But then, of course, it has to do with, you know, your values your beliefs the kind of values and norms that you that shape your worldview I mean how much suffering you've done yourself you know like mm-hmm. that because that builds you know that's that Khalil Gibran quote like you can only fill your well as deep as it's been dug by pain so I think people who have not experienced pain or suffering have a very hard time mm-hmm. you know appreciating that in other people. Um, I've
1: never heard that quote. That's a really good one.
0: Oh, I love it. Yeah. Surprised I didn't get choked up saying it. It's like my first time saying it without getting choked up. Yeah.
1: Khalil Sherbride is one of those like fallback to great quotes all the time. I think about the parenting one a lot that like children are not your children. They're, they're an arrow shot from your bow.
0: Oh man. Yeah. He just, I mean, just, yeah, he was great.
1: Um. Somebody did ask in the chat. This I don't mean to be like so random. Whatever. Yeah. Vibe, it is Fucking Sunday. Yeah. One person said, "Oh yeah, Chris. Yes, I also don't even the guilt. I can't snap. Yeah, whatever. We're all there. Don't worry about that." Um. Somebody asked, uh, "What does Nick think about internal family systems therapy? Have you heard of that?"
0: Uh. Yeah. I, I actually just taught a family therapy course. Um, I'm not super familiar. I don't think that was one of the modalities that we taught. I mean, um, I'm not sure what internal family systems, family systems therapy is like a kind of broad umbrella term, you know, for, I mean, it's like a Salvador Mnuchin event who who is Argentinian, by the way, uh, by birth way of kind of mapping Family dynamics. So, trying to understand, you know, subgroups within families, triangles, um, kind of networks of influence. I think it's good. I mean, it it to me <clears throat> lends a lot of very useful um, kind of tools and concepts for for mapping dynamics, right? Because, you know, usually the family will come in and you're like, so what's the problem? And they're like, little Jimmy's in like a fucking shit, you know, he's lazy and fucking everything up. And of course, it's not little Jimmy's problem. It's a family systems problem, right? And so understanding how to like recruit the entire family and reframe the problem so that they understand it as a relational problem, a problem within dynamics is really useful. And family systems like allows us to do that. But, you know, beyond that, when you're looking to change, and then there's some like, let me back up a little, there's some like techniques in family therapy, like enactments, getting the family to like reenact the problem in front of you. I think that stuff is useful, but you know, most family therapists now are like syncretic um, or eclectic. They're going to also use other evidence-based interventions. So me personally, I think family dynamics uh, or family systems therapy is really useful for like conceptualizing problems and presenting it to the family. But when it comes to change work, um, I fall more on the side of like uh, kind of CBT influenced interventions, just because there's so much evidence yeah. supporting changing thoughts and behaviors using more kind of CBT style intervention. This
1: I opened this Wikipedia page. Let me see. I don't know if this is the same or different, or I'm just gonna. It says internal family systems model is an integrative approach to individual psychotherapy developed by Richard C. Schwartz in the 1980s. It combines systems thinking with the view that the mind is made up of relatively discrete subpersonalities, each with its own viewpoint or qualities. It uses family systems therapy to understand how these collections of subpersonalities are organized. Have you heard of this?
0: No, It um, says, it, says, it, yeah, says uh, it
1: divides into three types, managers, exiles, and firefighters.
0: You ever heard Yeah. Of Look, so family systems therapy, again, which is the, the kind of Salvador Minuchin started therapy okay, okay. for you know, the substrate for most family interventions. You know, this uh, – my immediate take is that when we start talking about like different personalities within people – that can be like a fun way to metaphorically look at what's going on. And if it's helpful for you, that's great. You know? Um,
1: oh, it's like, uh, I mean, yeah, but that, that is, well, I kind of want to, somebody said in the group, somebody else knows about it. They say, it's basically giving characters to your emotions and pain and allowing it to play out super creative and almost psychedelic, like without the medicine, it's wild.
0: Have you looked to- If that? Yeah. If if that is helpful for you and like you're making progress doing that, fucking do it. Yeah, why not? All right. I my I mean, my my view is always to start with the thing that has the most support in the behavioral health literature, and then work your way down. But you know, fuck it. If you th- that's my view, and that's what I recommend to people. But if you hit on something that you really like and it's working for you, why why change that? Enjoy. It. Go for it.
1: Have you heard of something this just made me think about? it? Have you heard of something called like constellation, family constellations therapy or anything like that? Something? No. Okay. See, cause I'm curious about that's I was just thought, you know, I did this thing once, this like constellations workshop thing. Oh, are you what are do you doing? Are you live right now? Oh, okay. I mean now we're doing we're doing promo work in the middle of the thing. All right. No, it's fine. You don't have to. <laughs> it's okay. Uh I feel like we're kind of talking about uh sort of like vaguely pseudoscience therapies or something like that right now. I don't know if people have questions about it, but like, th- so I did this workshop, I-, I was in a really bad place in my life. I was just a really bad place in my life. Probably like the worst I was. And, uh, and my mom was like, all right, you're coming on. You're going to do some work or something like that. So she sent me to some therapy things like in a row. I did like horse therapy. And then she put me in this constellations therapy workshop that she'd done that yeah. she was cool. So I did this like two day workshop and it was very powerful. It was very spooky. Yeah. I think I'm like a theater person, so I'm susceptible to those kinds of things. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. I mean, look, I think that the thing is, you know, my angle is a little bit different because I am a researcher and I develop and implement interventions. So, yeah. you know, it's not as if only things that have been rigorously studied can be effective. Like, that's not true. It's just that we know better whether they are or not, that, that, that's all. So, you know, and like, from my perspective, I try to, you know, I study things so that we can say, Hey, this is a good investment of resources in in a world of limited resources where like agencies, local governments and larger entities have limited resources. We want to invest in things that have some like strong basis and evidence. Cause that's all of our money. You know, we want to like spend it on shit. That's probably going to be effective. But look, if I could send every veteran who has PTSD, who, you know, hasn't uh, achieved like a good outcome doing, you know, PE at the VA and being on meds, if I could take those people and send them on a motorcycle trip across, you know, Western Africa and then go to equine therapy, I would fucking do that. Cause that sounds like an amazing experience anecdotally people report that those are real programs by the way that they have like amazing experiences in those programs like fuck yeah if you can do that if you're like i don't want to do pe in somebody's office i'm gonna sign up for a motorcycle trip across senegal like fucking do that that sounds awesome you know i just wouldn't recommend that as a first-line treatment because like how many people have done that you know right 100 you know and just from like a public health perspective, we're not going to start sending masses of people down to do motorcycle trips in Senegal, even though that might be fucking dope for people. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of like that. When you hit on something where you're like, "I like this. This works to me. Kind of speaks my inner language." Like you, th- then go for it. You know, you don't don't listen to some scientist tell you that, that's not evidence based if you're actually getting an outcome that you like. However, yes. if you're going to make a recommendation to someone about where to start, I just think the responsible thing is to start with the highest standard of evidence.
1: Yes, that's true. That's a very, that's a very healthy response and piece of advice but, that I would expect. But, but, but put it this way, though:
0: if I had, you know, if I was seeking treatment for PTSD, I wouldn't want to go get PE in somebody's office. I would want to go on that fucking motorcycle trip. Right.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, somebody said. Uh, that's what i was thinking of uh they uh, thought of my description of the wolf that lives inside me yeah because i've talked in the past for me like i don't know yeah metaphor and uh you know my the demon that lives in my rib cage or that i feel yeah. like i met those kinds of things like really do Shut have a, you know what i mean like make make i was thinking about it like there is something in human be, I, I was, I don't know, I was just having a, a, a moment of thinking about, like, what is it that makes us create gods? Like, what is it that, like, for you know, not just gods, but, like, idols? Like, you have to craft a
0: thing. Terror, Garrett. Terror. Terror and darkness. <laughs>
1: is that, like, the predominant, do people think that? Like, that they need, like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the no. belief is, because to me, I was just, like, it seems apparent to me that I was, like, the same way I do other woo-woo things, it's, like, I have this abstract notion Th- that there's something I can't explain, like if it's this quantum, whatever, some feeling of connection, an existential thing or whatever, What it doesn't matter. And that just my three-dimensional brain and self, which is struggling to attach to something else that's very infinite and difficult to describe, has to make these abstract notions something I could hold in my hand. So you have – that I can worship or ask questions of or whatever, and so that turns into –
0: things. Yeah, I mean there seems to be evidence that people have a predisposition towards seeking meaning and connecting events in the world in order to create a narrative that that makes sense because that's efficient for the brain. Once you create that narrative and you can slot things into a certain relational framework, the brain doesn't have to do as much work, you know. So yeah, yeah there seems they are like, you know, evolutionary psychologists would argue that that, that there's an evolutionary advantage to kind of this uh patterning of experience, and that that in turn gives rise to like systems that govern that patterning, and that's easy for those systems to take on some kind of divine, um, yeah, you know, framework.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Alia uh, There's an Ologies episode they talked about it once. There's like this, uh which one was it? What am I thinking of? The metaphor. Ah, never mind. Whatever, the, but oh, I know what it was. The, the it was the sports psychology one, and, ah. and, and they were talking. I think they were talking about um how many athletes like thank God and have like faith, you know. They they you know, <clears throat> and that there is something to yes. You have this belief, and that belief is enough. That you know, and and who's to imagine say-
0: if you had the belief that the cr- all powerful, omniscient, omnipotent creator of all reality right. and its infinite multitudes is invested in you making your free throws. I mean, imagine that belief. God, what would that I mean, feel it, like? It's yeah? true.
1: It's true. This is a really stupid example, but I feel like I always apply like this kind of like sports psychology and things to like video games and even like the, the dis. Like I feel like I learn lessons about like uh, <laughs> best practices about. Anything I'm trying to achieve in my life and like figuring out how to make things happen and do better instead of just blaming whatever I want to make to not, you know, like, how can I clean up my side of the street and things like that are all like things in video games. And uh, and one of them is like there's this game Tarkov that I like to play sometimes very unforgiving shooter type game. And part of the way you you end up playing it because it's so unforgiving is very cautious, is very terrified, very like, uh, like trying not to make sounds because sounds are so important to creeping around. And, uh and yesterday I went to play a round of it just like, I don't know. They're going to do a wipe suit, and I feel so unattached. I don't play it that much anymore, so I'll just jump in and wing it, like wing it for a round, you know? So I put, like, a, a good rig together and just, like, hopped into a raid, and I was uh, playing very fast and loose, and, like, I wiped a three-man squad by myself, um, and it was, like, like casually, like, barely trying, you know, just because I was being so aggro, and, I, and, I, and in particular like it's because they were playing the way I usually play. Like they were so scared, yeah. you know, they were like, oh, and there was a guy like just hiding and waiting and another guy creeping around. He thought I was going to be there, but I just popped out. You know what I mean? And I was like, Oh, yeah. you have to play this game like call of duty. Like you have to play this game just like as if you have, yes, the power of the creator on your side and you're supposed to just go without thought. I mean, it's very, it's funny. Cause it turns into very samurai stuff. It's like the same as yeah. jujitsu where you're just like, the whole thing about co- the Hagakure, like, commitment to your own death, basically, being like, I'm already dead. Now I can commit to action. I'm not trying to preserve anything. And that allows you yeah. to react to that hesitation. I don't know. It's funny. Dude,
0: confidence is confidence is real. I mean, it's confidence has clear performance implications. Like, you know, yeah. if you are confident, you perform, as you know, so much better. <sighs> to, a, to a degree, right? I, I mean, there's the yes, curve. Yes,
1: to a degree. You, you can't substitute. Like, you can't substitute technique and strength and power and time and, and all the metaphorical versions of strength and power just like you know education and horsepower and your whatever you can't substitute that just with confidence but yeah. I remember seeing there's that show uh, Hard Knocks it's like about football team training camps and stuff or like preseason they did it on HBO oh, yeah. for a long time I remember seeing like maybe one of the first seasons a long time ago. Cause I was living with my buddy and his, uh, and he was into it. We, I was watching it with him and I was, I just like never really cared about sports, but I was like, damn, this is really interesting. And there's this one moment that always stayed with me where one of the co coaches, like one of the like uh, assistant coaches, cause you know, they, these NFL, these teams are just like, they have coaches on coaches. They, they, you know. I
0: know. I can't. I hate football culture. I can't. It's watch awful. It it's like, awful. Yeah.
1: Let's uh, let's forget all that just for this one yeah, no, piece of the right, show, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with it's you. Exactly. Yeah, horrifying, horrifying stuff. But like, there's this one classroom session and they're going through all this stuff as they get ready for the preseason and it's like slides on the screen and about stuff or whatever and they get to this one thing and it's like and finally blah 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 he goes i just remember it being like the last slide is like finally uh important most important thing blah, blah, blah. and he clicks over and it just says like swagger and he goes swagger and he's like talking about it very clinically but he was just like you have to like you know be on the field like you belong there You have to like own. And I was like, damn, that is really true that there is this sense of which I've talk to Ali about like I've thought about in other aspects of my life like when I was a younger person approaching acting for instance like I had a ludicrous confidence that like I would go to these rooms and auditions like that I, I probably had no business being in but just felt like I belonged I was like yeah I'm supposed to be here and that attitude of like a sense yeah. of belonging a sense of not not like every audition I come in I would like empty my pockets I was like I don't have stuff I don't like have stuff in my pockets so I just put it on a table somewhere just a sense of Swagger, not in like a cockiness, but like a sureness. You know, yeah, really helped, yeah. And, and it kind of like has wavered as I've gotten older. Not just there, but like in general, I feel like much more apologetic and much more, and it, it doesn't feel good.
0: You know, yeah. no, because you're smarter and wiser, but yeah, I know. but I it's like true. Sometimes you it's so it. it's embodied like, be dumb again, and it's physical. It's also physical that that feeling.
1: That swagger feeling, yeah, it is. That's true.
0: It's like totally physical. I think.
1: What do you mean? Like, what? Tell me more.
0: The way that I experience it, this is this is not like my you know social scientist mind. This is just like my personal experience. I just feel it physically. Like, even you know, I don't know if you relate to this as much because you're some you're much better. But like, even when it would be time to roll with people, and mm-hmm. I would just be like. I would just feel in my body the times when I was like, I'm going to like get, I'm going to submit this person. Yeah. I just behave differently. You know, like True. my, I feel differently versus like an unknown quantity or somebody who's like a lot bigger than me where, you know, yes. I'm like, like absolutely. I, I, Oh, absolutely. It's
1: funny. You really do see it play out in jujitsu a lot. I think it's one of the dangers of rank actually is, um, you, because I've I've been in other martial arts earlier in my life too, and I, there's some uh, little questions that came in that I'm I'm gonna get to by the way in the chat. Thanks. So I'm just going off on this because I think it's interesting. Uh, I guess we're talking about sports psychology today, but like, uh, okay, that um, the okay, early I did some other martial arts that I feel like there's like a cultish thing that happens where you just know this person's better than you. You just know the senior person is a better fighter than you, they know more techniques than you in this kung fu or whatever. And so they beat you every time because you've committed to that knowledge. Yeah. And I think it's one of the risks of uh jujitsu or just anything with rank, where like if you if you get too respectful of the rank and the belt, then um or or even at the rank of the belt, it could just be the person that you're just so used to them beating you that you're just like, Yeah, this person beats me. They that's what they do.
0: Right. That like
1: I I fall into that I have like I think everybody has their like nemeses I have like one or two that I feel like have become my my demon that I'm like that's the thing I need to face that
0: That energy is like the hardest
1: you know what I mean like um, but and other people who are not my demon so I have no problem with them but other people are like that person's really good you know what I mean which is like a weird thing it's to me the the hardest thing for me which is also just the lamest because it is so like annoying is uh is humorlessness like if somebody just is like i just i don't know why i'm like oh you're not you're a terminator it's just scary to me it's like weird or like a a kind of because i think i interpret it as a sort of like simple minded i don't know it just feels like um like i used to be the most scared of kids from like downstate illinois who were like farm wrestlers who just seemed like Something about them, they just had, like, no, like, uh, no, no, has it, no, like, like, I felt like they would kill me and they wouldn't care. You know what I mean? Like, there's a yeah. part of them that was just, like, they, well, don't, they don't care. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I really, it's because it's they're there for a different reason than I'm there, you know, and I have a yeah. hard time relating to that reason.
1: What do you think their reason is?
0: Who fucking knows, man? <laughs> I mean, what? Part of me wants to say deep seated ego fragility, but that's just off the cuff. I don't know. You know,
1: that's why you're know. there, or you think that's why they're there?
0: I I think that's why people who are like, I'm here to kill are yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, you no, know, I agree. I agree. Well, it's like, weird, is it is weird. I definitely have an ego about it. Like, I don't like to lose and get submitted, but it's yeah. not, a, I don't. And sometimes I will be like, fuck, why didn't I do this, like, right before I fall asleep? For sure. But, yeah. like, I don't carry that around. Like, yeah. I don't, I learn from it, you know? It yeah. doesn't bother me on like, a deep... I think it also helps to get older. Like, I'm 37, man. There's, like, a lot of young guys who are going to kick my ass in the gym. Totally. You know?
1: Absolutely. I, at this point, too, I got, like, very... Uh, when somebody, like, really beats me especially if they trick me if they're like i it's i like that feeling it's like a weird puzzle i usually i have a weird tendency to laugh during rolls and stuff uh and i i'm always like i hope people understand i'm not laughing at them i'm delighted by they fucking tricked me they like got me you know um but yeah i i do i do think there was like a time i was at a tournament and i was pretty happy uh i remember i don't know cuz sometimes it's like the nice thing about doing tournaments or things like that is seeing what your body's natural response actually is you know what i mean and like actual fight or flight and you're just like i hope i don't know i I hope i don't get too frozen up and scared i hope i'm able to just be myself you know that's like that's the hope really is just if you can just be your sort of normal self in a height that's the goal but like i remember i do remember the other like in one of these things this other guy having like that very jujitsu scary guy look you know like tattoos and kind of like bald head and ufc looky guy and uh but he was like jumping around like he was like
0: cyborg visage yeah yeah that
1: like psyched up kind of and i remember being like oh all right like i was like that's he's freaked out like he's got to get this energy out or whatever and i remember being like i was tired i had done this i had like the flu it was like really bad and i was just like i had the most like um strange sensation that came over me of like gratitude of like, I just love jujitsu. I love being here. This is all very funny. Let's go do this. And it wasn't like perfect, you know, like, but it was, it was way better to go in like that and just yeah. be like, all right, yeah. let's see what happens. Um, yeah, Cause the other thing is, you get in your head. If you get in your head too much about like I'm screwing up, I'm screwing up. Oh shit, he gotta advance the position. Ugh, you're done. You gotta if you gotta just like try to be loose and roll. Like I don't know. Some people are really good at game game plans or like they lock down have like a different tournament style. But anyway, what you said too about the mindset of like I'm gonna submit this person. Something I think about a lot is like sometimes the opposite, Like if I'm getting stuck in a submission or something like that, and I'm just rolling hard or it's in a tournament sometimes literally in my brain, even if they're close to like, they're going to get this arm bar or something like that inside my brain. I just go, no, (laughs) I'm just like literally here in my head saying, nah, no. And it works. (laughs) Like, it's just this, it's very funny that like for all the technique and all the, all the things that I know, like just getting mad, doesn't win fights. Like that's just something train fighters laugh at. It's like, uh, damn, sometimes just straight up, just denial, just being like, nah, is works like it just like it clicks something over my brain where I'm like, Mm-mm. I am I'm just
0: gonna survive is it, how cerebral it is, you know, it is so cerebral. Oh, well, this kind of I don't know, I was thinking about like instructors and the cult of personality, but this reminds me like if we kind of circle back to what people were asking about initially about like different interventions, and um, I'm always just also careful about somebody who like develops an intervention that's like theirs because I think. Like, uh-huh. to me, that's the cult of the leader, you know, and you can have people who are just good healers, like, it doesn't fucking really matter what they do. They just like, the force of their personality and the way they connect with people, they're able to like, kind of escort people towards more health and well being. And they're just it's their own personal kind of yes. bubble of charisma. And like, a it's amazing if you find someone like that, but the thing they develop just may not work for other people. Like that's why it's so hard to develop intervention because it has to be something that works when I do it and when you do it and when Joe Blow gets trained in it, like that's the the special sauce, you know, otherwise it's like a skillful healer healing. And you know, that's awesome, but it's not something that you want to kind of promulgate for everyone.
1: It is like that is very like acting stuff too. I like I'm I'm very anti acting classes in general, (laughs) Uh, which is a little disingenuous because I was lucky that I got a lot of them in my high school when I was a kid. You know, I was like, but like I, it's because it's one of those things that I feel like a lot of people who want to teach acting don't. They just want to have a room full of people who are like Sika fans. They don't really want. They don't really like love acting or theater or storytelling or anything. They just want like to be a guru. They want to be the one that got you there. You know. Yeah, it's yeah. a gross feeling somebody uh okay so rogue actually asked in the chat uh it's off topic but curious what your thoughts are on dealing with a you know spouse that doesn't really value mental health that views therapy as like a waste of money i think a lot of people encounter these kinds of things or like family members who just don't get it like why do you got to see it what are you gonna go to a shrink or something like that
0: how talk do to you- your friends huh just talk to your friends. Like, oh like you're I being that. i
1: was like oh interesting that works okay cool <laughs> no, 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 no 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 i don't yeah
0: but people who are yeah man i mean look i think this is when it comes so this is like a larger or this is kind of a um genre of the question how do you change the views of people who hold foolish views right and you know you may not be able to i think some, one of the questions I like to start with when I'm confronted by someone like this is to ask, "How open are you to changing this view in the face of evidence to the contrary?" Right. And if you are talking to someone, they're like, "Oh no, my views are based on evidence. So if you present me with evidence to the contrary, I will change my view." That you know, that's what five percent of the population. Most people are like, "Oh, it doesn't matter. Or, well, I just it's my feeling." You know. So if you're talking to somebody who whose views are not based on evidence. It's just based on their kind of off the cuff emotion. I think it's unlikely that you're going to be able to like have a discussion with them where you present them with evidence and have them change their mind. Yeah. Now you might say something like, well, it helps me. I feel better. And there's a ton of scientific evidence in support of it. So I'm going to keep doing it. I mean, that may, it may just be that, you know, but just to kind of reiterate, if someone doesn't base their views on evidence and you're trying to present them with evidence to get them to change your, their view, you're going to be frustrated because that's not how they form their view. Right. They form it based on their off-the-cuff internal processes, and they may not even know what makes them form their view. They may not even be able to articulate why. They just right. don't like it. And maybe it's because of their own sense of vulnerability and fear. You know, what, a, what would it mean? Like sometimes this is, a, this is a question we ask sometimes is in therapy. If someone seems like just unwilling to entertain a, an alternative possibility, you ask, well, what's the threat? You know, what would it mean if actually this was true? Like, what, let's, okay. It's not, let's say it's not true, but just as a mental exercise, what would it mean to you if it was like, what's the danger? And that can sometimes help people get at, well, maybe it means they would have to do some work. You know, maybe it means some, another set of beliefs that they hold wouldn't be accurate. You know, maybe right. it means something in their childhood. You know,
1: that's, that's my instinct is, is when people have an instinctive uh, negative response to personal work, therapy, or whatever, uh, especially if it's like an interconnected system, like a close relationship in your family or you know something like that. Is is uh there's uh, the thing I always project is just they must be concerned about unraveling something, destabilizing a system that they have in place. That's like what they got, like you know what will it uncover, or or will it change our relationship? And what I get out of this, you know what I mean, things like that.
0: Yeah, I mean you often hear they're kind of like archetypes of people who are anti-therapy but like one of them is a mixture of the it's bullshit and you're weak variant right and then i'm like well medal of honor recipients talk about going to get therapy are they weak yeah you know start with an extreme and kind of work your way in
1: yeah that's cool yeah but yeah i I
0: think you gotta ask i do start with the question like is this a view that you hold based on evidence and if so do you want to have a discussion about you've got Hmm. Another question sometimes like, cause people get, they internalize their views as if their views are who they are, which is very dangerous, you know, hmm. because I think your views can change based on what you know, rather than being a function of who you are. So another question you can ask to kind of shake that up is where do you think you got this view or who gave you that perspective? Who transmitted that perspective to you?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like which cultural influence transmitted that perspective, which person transmitted that perspective? Who do you think put that in your mind, that idea? Right. You know?
1: Yes. Well, thank know, you for separate. asking question, by the way. Yeah, because I do think this is a very common – I think that it's hard. It's hard to get people – I mean we talk a lot about ways to try to find affordable help and stuff like that. you know. But even if you're doing uh sliding scale or find something I- – I do think it's a common thing of people being like, what am I going to spend money on that or like, how am I going to invest in – you know what I mean?
0: I mean, there's a couple things, you know, like it depends on how antagonistic you want to get with people. Usually it's not a good idea to get antagonistic because no one changes their mind from being browbeaten. But I think, you know, questions to decouple the individual from their perspective, like, and also to take the heat off of you from defending this, you know, this project. So rather than like, well, this is why I think it's important. It's like, wait a second. Who do you think put that idea in your mind? Because now it's up to them to explain that idea, which is actually the, the – to me, that's where the onus is because there is this enormous volume of evidence in support of
1: – inter- That is a good – that's a good little uh, judo kind of thing to do. What, what? Well, I think money is a factor, which is like part of what we're talking about. But yeah. Like- well,
0: then the other thing about money is I guarantee you you can always find something dumber that people are spending their money on
1: in that yes for sure like i i always think like like one thing i think about a lot these days uh is how much i used to spend at like bars and like i can't even figure out how i did it i mean I, I've, I've never had money I've, I've i've always been bad about like feeling like there was enough and somehow i figured out how to afford fucking drinking you know what i mean crazy crazy. i've no i don't know how to be honest anyway there's always something i do think that's true um, I really like what you said about if you can kind of like maintain. I don't know. This is this is a very like I don't mean this to sound as manipulative as it is, but like that's sort of like uh the joke. You know, the Big Lebowski when uh Walter's like calmer than you are, calmer than you are, dude. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm calm, I'm calm, calmer than you are. <laughs> like I I kind of do feel like if someone's gonna be like, it's a waste. Doesn't fucking. I think what you said though is actually tr- really good. Being like, well. There's a lot of evidence and science and stuff of people that says it works. So why do you think it doesn't? You know, like like being like, I don't know. I'm not bothered that you disagree. But why is kind of a nice yeah. way to think about it is don't feel so defensive.
0: I mean, yeah. The thing is, it's yeah. Again, arguing, I don't think is a good idea, but you know, If you typically, if someone holds a view that is not supported by evidence and you just let them try to explain it to you, it becomes clear quickly that it's not a rational view. Right. I
1: think the unfortunate. I mean, this is a way bigger, impossible question to get into, though, is like and a big question of our times is uh, a lot of people hold very irrational views that they'll cling to their whole goddamn life just to like not face whatever trauma they've got.
0: Yeah, you're not going to change those views, probably, unless the person is open to changing them. I mean, you just can't change views against the will of the person who holds them. Right. But, you know, people deploy all these rhetorical strategies. And you, as a therapist, you have to learn this because p- people deploy all these rhetorical strategies like they'll, you know, the ad hominem attack is kind of like the the like quintessential one where... Someone says something, you ask them why they think that, they get frustrated and attack you personally, right. and then you respond to that defensively, and now they've succeeded in shifting you away from the point, and now right. you're involved in that. And so you just have to totally, like, abandon your defensive posture and say, well, you're just an idiot if you think that. You're like, okay, well, we could talk about that, but I just want to get back to the question of why you think this is the case.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So, it just, yeah put
0: the, the well, usually when someone through. goes – Goes to the ad hominem attack. They're they're frustrated. They're so frustrated that they're not capable of staying on the point because somewhere they recognize that oh this this view that I hold is not based in evidence. Right. What's
1: up, Nathan? By the way, Nathan just Nathan's here. Oh shit! uh, What's up, my dudes? Finally made one live, which is tight. What's up? Uh, It's a good one to join for, I guess. Well, we're a little behind it now, but we were like literally talking a lot of jujitsu and like sports psychology stuff earlier. some someone said, uh, I'm just going to share what they wrote in the chat. Kristen wrote in the chat. Um, I have a lot of, and I know we're we'll getting to the end here, but I have a lot of general past trauma, not just one thing that I can point to that caused PTSD. I have a hard time even knowing how or what triggers it uh, EDM and things like that won't be a good modality for me. I don't know what EDM, is. I, EDM sounds like electronic Probably EMDR. Oh, EMDR. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have trouble reigning in the bigness of the trauma and have found it more manageable to tackle how I'm handling it rather than what prompted it. Um, which is like, to me kind of is, seems like the approach that you, I feel like you tend to talk about more is like, like, I don't know, to me, this sort of therapy that functions, that isn't about head shrinking and getting on a a couch and being like, where did this come from? And instead I'm like, no, how is it affecting you? How would you like to not be affected by it or be affected differently? That kind of a thing is the kind of correct approach. Yeah. I I mean, correct. I don't mean to like, say like, you know,
0: yeah, well, I think, um, again, like the, the kind of, uh, the Bible for me of therapy is effectiveness. Like it's the book of effectiveness. So if this approach that this person is articulating is effective for them, then that's exactly what they should be doing. You know, if it's allowing you to live more or less consistent with your values and to achieve your goals and to, you know, have the relationships you want and to work and, um be functional then yeah that's the approach you should be taking
1: which i do feel like is kind of related at least that understanding of like that your needs like what functions for you or not is valid and uh like it just that's a valid experience to be having so when somebody does uh, close to you have a discussion of like why this is a waste i don't like this thing is like well that's whatever they think doesn't change if you are able to function or not and being like, all right, well, whatever's going on right now is untenable for me. I'm, I wanted to do this thing. Why is that? You know what I mean? Why is that so? I don't know. I feel like it doesn't it? I don't know. I'm trying to get at something maybe like how important it is to be able to validate your own. I, I think, I think when you, when you're near somebody who has very strong personality and opinions and maybe you don't have them, maybe that's p- part of your you know, anxiety and things that you're trying to figure out. It's really easy to like, be put on the back foot start fighting their game start like trying to respond to their issues instead of sticking with your initial thing of like this is important to me i the point i've got to my life means like this is currently not tenable anymore i don't like feeling i can't live like this anymore you know that that they say about like uh that change comes when like the pain of staying the same is worse than the pain of changing yeah yeah but I mean, validating I, yourself, not just like continuing to live with the pain.
0: No. And the other thing is that when you are like, if you've been unhealthy, you know, meaning that you don't feel good, you've had, you know, you you've not been functional, your kind of ability to be effective in your life has been compromised when that's going on and you're in a relationship Well, when you start to change, that's going to put stress on that relationship because even if your partner also wants you to change, the fact of the matter is your relational dynamics are undergoing a a shift. And most people are uncomfortable when their relational dynamics are undergoing a shift, even if they didn't like how things were before. So it's very common that in, in treatment, you'll have to tell people, look, this is probably going to cause problems with your partner. If you've been unhealthy and isolating and depressed or suffering from PTSD and not doing certain things or doing certain things another way, and you start to change all that, your partner's going to get uncomfortable and they may not on purpose, try to put you back in that role. Cause that's what they become comfortable with. Yeah. Even if they don't enjoy that, that comfort. Right. So you got to just be prepared for that. And that's why it's a good idea. You know, if you're really in a, um, a course of therapy where you're going through serious and significant behavioral changes, it's a good idea to have your partner come in.
1: I will say, and I hope, Ali, you don't mind this. I'm not going to get too divulgy, but I will just say one thing I'm very grateful for is, like, Ali and I have been through it. Like, we've been together, like, almost a decade now, and we've been such, like, different people throughout it, and uh, change is difficult, and it's difficult to like believe in. It's difficult to approach. Like the change when it actually is actually quite nice. Uh, yeah. Once once things have changed, I will just say like I'm really grateful that all these years into knowing each other and, and always knowing that we loved each other. That like – well, pretty much knowing. There were times it was pretty dicey there where it was like pretty volatile. But that like – I guess I just want to say that there's another, there's another side that like you can get – to a place where you've actually changed like you've changed how you react to each other and to your environment we still struggle with but like really i think help each other with like validating our own feelings believing our experiences matter believing like untangling things that we held as beliefs for a long time like i think both of us really believed we were supposed to feel discomfort all the time both of us really believed uh that like our guilt was real and our pain was important and like yeah. that we deserved it. And that maybe that's why we kept creating it in each other's lives. Like more chaos, more anxiety. I don't know. And not, not that we're perfect. Like we, we both have, I have obviously my ADHD and my depression stuff. And I don't think I've, I think you've said this, but I don't think I've seen anybody with depression who does also have anxiety, you know, and yeah. anxiety and our things, it's like, not like we're perfect every day, but it is nice to know that like, Hey, it's way better. And, and you can get to a place where, like, you untangle some of those those patterns. You can.
0: And, and look, I would say, you know, a couple of things. One, relationships just won't work without valid- validation. They are, it's not sufficient, but it's a necessary component of a healthy relationship. So both people just need to get on board with that. And if they don't, it's a problem. I've never seen a relationship function where one person simply cannot validate the other. I mean, good luck. You know, the other thing is sometimes like to, back to this person's question about their partner, you know, sometimes if a, if someone, you got to try a lot of different tactics, right? If someone is just like not willing to be convinced or they're, it puts them on a defensive posture and they can't relinquish their ego in that setting. Sometimes you, you can try a couple of things. You know, one is like, what do you need to get on board with this? Cause it's important to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like that, I think that's... You, 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 what do you need to get on board?
1: Right. I think that is. I really like that like that look this is a foregone conclusion. I need this thing. this is a thing that's important to me. So where are you at with that like that's I yeah. don't want this is this is a weird very extreme example, but I had this like thought experiment with myself a long time ago. Uh, which I still have Which is like Let's say you love your partner It's like you love each other You're in love You've been together I just something I never understood When you'd see this in the world And they come to you one day And go I love someone else I fell in love with someone else Whether they're out of love with you Or still love you too Or whatever they say They just say I love somebody else And that hurts You, It hurts Because you're like Ah fuck But in culture And reality And people's in stories The reaction's always like No you don't <laughs> it's like how can that be you say you you love me i have evidence i have receipts you said it to me in a text the other day we it's been years and years of you loving me so obviously this can't be true why have you betrayed me you know what i mean like you're a liar now i guess you know that kind of a thing and and i always like i don't part of it's led to this other thought of like once you reach the the and we i still fall into it but i try to we try to we're better at recognizing it like like once you reach the lawyering phase where instead of just talking about what the other person says they feel and experience, you start trying to bring up evidence of how that can't be true because of this and that. Like once you reached lawyering and you're bringing out your exhibit A, exhibit B, like you've missed the fucking boat. You're not talking about it anymore. Now you're doing rhetoric. But how important it is. Like, I was like, if, if the thought experiment was like, someone tells me that they love someone else is like, I can be sad. I can be in pain but i can't say that's not true it's like the cats out of the bag that's how you feel that's real life now and i don't know if this is because of jiu jitsu honestly i credit a lot of like combat sports with a lot of like let's deal with reality on the ground like yeah. one thing i try to bring back to myself all the time is like some like it's hard for me because in real life i'm defeated by my own patterns and thoughts often and i think i'm getting better at it but like in jiu jitsu i would never you know give up and be like this isn't fair the guy's bigger and stronger than me fuck this the same way as if you were like suddenly walking through a ravine and your platoon got ambushed from machine guns on the hill you'd be like this isn't fair they have the high ground fuck it i'm not fighting you'd be like never you you have to live and how weird it is that in life when it becomes metaphorical or emotional i will just say it, this is unfair so I'm not participating or I will try to change the rule say like that can't be true and I'll just deal with the technicalities instead of saying like no the reality yeah. is you said that you feel this way and I have to engage with that and face like well do I love you as a person do I want you to be honest and real or do I want to live a lot like what is that and I think maybe for some people the inventory of their own feelings of that is demanded the change that is demanded by someone else having a disruptive experience is too much
0: you can't mitch mcconnell your emotional context you know against the rules much more
1: succinct much more succinct yeah you can't fucking you can't fucking like uh filibuster you know your emotions with
0: someone it makes sense because you know the primary emotion typically is hurt and then the secondary emotion is anger and people are much more comfortable with anger and litigating their anger and denying rather than dealing with their hurt and vulnerability that's like very uncomfortable so you know, th- the last thing i would say is you know one of the questions can be like are you able to be convinced by evidence another one like another st- if, if no another one can be like well how are you going to get on board with this and if they are like well i'm not and then the th- you know, kind of the third one is like well then you and i you and i together as a team have a problem you yes know? If you and me together against this problem, which is whatever it is, you know, well, like
1: I I want to say I think further like sort of thought experiment game theory to me of that is like um, I've also is, is the like uh, the me or the dog thing is like. Oh, well, someone who loved me wouldn't make me choose (laughs) that like, you know, like, like meaning sometimes there's a thing like, okay, so let's say you're in that experience where you're like, I want that. I need therapy. I think I want to try that. Another person is like, I don't believe in that. That's fake. That doesn't exist. And this might sound harsh. And this is simple, easier said than done. Obviously, this is not like, I don't mean to be glib about it, but at least for me, there are things other people can do where you're like, Oh, I'm under the assumption that you love me and I love you. And that means you care about me and I care about you. And th- that's part of our whole thing. That's the reality uh, that I'm, that I'm living under those beliefs and that understanding. And if I say I have this need and then you go like, nah, I don't fucking care or I don't think so or blah, blah, blah there's a part of me that's like relieved in a sense. Like I don't even have to, it hurts, but you get to go, Oh, I had a, my understanding of the situation was different, <laughs> was yeah. mistaken. So, okay, I need to change that. And maybe I don't need to feel so much pain over the fact that you're not supporting me or helping because like, oh, well, I was mistaken thinking that you were that person, I guess, which again, easier said than done, but something to kind of like process, I think is like, if someone's not reacting in a supportive, loving way, maybe they're not that like supportive and loving. And it's, you know, something to face. It's difficult and, and painful, but in a way a little bit of a relief. Um I, I just want to add one little thing too that I think like bears repeating forever and ever in history is like a personal a personal belief, but I, I'm hoping that you'll agree with is this there is no inherent morality to suffering. That like a lot of shit in our fucking culture, whether it's Catholicism or just Protestant work ethic or generally being an American like there will be blood, like uncomfortable human being who's angry all the time, like you are not good for suffering. Like, work is not inherently valuable because it's hard or because it's uncomfortable. And I think that's really hard for a lot of us to know because we have our toxic shame. We have whatever we were born with or
0: taught. I totally agree with that. makes making those rules? Who's watching you, giving you points? No pain,
1: no gain, baby. Like, that's not even fucking true. Like, there's a way to deal with suffering that's different that, like, you can... Engage with discomfort in an interesting way, or 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 feel like you know we did the quarantine calisthenics. There can be a way that pain is pleasant and is a kind of discomfort of change. Yeah. So, but that's not the same
0: thing. Yeah, as suffering being inherently moral in some right. sense. No, I think that's a sick morality, honestly. But so it's like there's common, the, uh, though, like very common, like the, yeah. very
1: common that people are just like, I'm actually a good person because I'm not a I'm not a fucking bitch and i just like toughen out every day and i'm in pain every fucking day okay you know
0: what i mean yeah i I mean i think the other you know so there's like kind of a buddhist phrase that i'm paraphrasing which is that pain is unavoidable but suffering is pain plus non-acceptance and so you know yeah you're gonna experience pain that's just like one of the core processes that organisms experience and there, there is value in that as a communication tool, right, to kind of point you away from harmful things and point you towards good things. That's like one just basic function of pain, right, like move towards pleasure, move away from pain. It's like one of the earliest kind of evolutionary processes. But to just sit in pain for its own sake, there's yeah, I've never seen anyone who derived value from that
1: i uh I really love that i i I don't know if you said that to me in the past, but like that pain is unavoidable, suffering isn't is like so fucking good that like suffering is this other layered experience that we create for ourselves versus just dealing with the discomfort of pain,
0: yeah, and it's kind of like the dog, right like the dog, which to right. me is a highly evolved being, like a dog with cancer can be in pain, but it's all it's not suffering about that
1: right. A dog doesn't fucking know that it lost a leg. A dog is just like, I'm chasing that ball, you know? Anyway, beautiful. All right, that's good. I think we're a little over. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop us for today. Thanks for being here. Are you uh are you available? Do you wanna to, to do a noon thing today? To do a little meditation thing?
0: I, I'm actually I'm sorry, dude. I have okay. plans to go to Mount Charleston today with my wife. What is that? But- <laughs>
1: Can't not can't say it without saying the Borat voice. I saw a really stupid tweet. I'm going to leave everyone with this also brain worm. Uh Someone was like in 2005, they were at a some dumb fucking tweet. They're at like a Halloween karaoke party and someone was dressed as Borat and saying uh, Bon Jovi. It's my life. But saying it's my wife. And there's no way to unhear or unsee that or unthink of it. Oh
0: man. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, what's that? Is that hiking or something? Yeah, it's just like yeah, there's like woods there. I don't know. We'll yeah. probably it's late, so we'll probably get turned around by the forest service or whatever. I'm sure it's full of people already, but we're gonna try. Uh, um there's I, woods there. Next week, we'll put in the books for next week.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I think we'll probably just do a little meditate. I did like a fifteen minute one yesterday. It felt
0: good. nice
1: i'm like getting that i was getting that like you know approaching the door you know like my body kind of lose body sensation feels good
0: makes such a difference like i've been like reestablishing my lapsed practice and even like the three four days a week i've been doing it like i really feel a difference
1: yeah i should
0: make it more regular
1: all right we'll see you guys if you're gonna be here i'll see you at noon for qc uh and thanks for being here I'm going to spend right now. I'm just going to drink some water and then go into putting out episodes from previous weeks. Okay. We're going to (laughs) fucking drop like a month's worth of these live streams for whoever wants to listen to them. Uh, All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Nick. Thank you all. I adore you all. I'll see some of you at noon and the rest of you have a wonderful week. Self-care. Hydrate. Be well.
0: Oh,
1: right thanks for joining us guys uh, my good Bed brain is a production of mind jam media from a little media company thanks to uh coda for making this theme song with me and uh that's it mygoodbadbrain.com patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain you're the best have a good one self-care hydrate be well